Now, at the beginning of John chapter 10, Yeshua has been teaching the crowds. This is what he's always doing. Chapter 9, he was teaching the crowds as well. Chapter 10, he's teaching the crowds. And here are some of the lessons that he's been going over in the first 20 verses or so. He was teaching them that he was the good shepherd. He was teaching them many parables. He was teaching them on how to hear his voice if they would listen. He shared that it was his joy and duty to lay down his life for others. He began to expound on the theological point that he and the Father God are one. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. We are one, there is only one God. So these are some of the things that he's laying out in front of them. And of course, this idea that he and the Father are one is a repeated theme in the book of John. I've got your finger in John 10, but just as a quick review of John chapter 1, Regarding the Father and Yeshua being one entity, one being, one person, he writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and apart from him not even one thing came into being that has come into being. Therefore, what Yeshua is really claiming here is he's really claiming to be God. And he's explaining that God himself then has come to lay down his life for all of humanity. You got, you got to understand how the pieces are fitting and what the crowd is hearing. It's, it's a nice little teaching for Yeshua to be on this side over here and for him to be saying, I'm the good shepherd. I want to take care of you. I want to care for you. I want to teach you well. I want to encourage you when you're down. I want to give up my life for you. I want to give up my life for you that you may be forgiven of your sins. Whoa, okay, now what's he talking about? But still, those are pretty nice little teachings because they all sound like they benefit us. And then on this other side, he's like, okay, attached to that teaching is the teaching that I and the Father are one. I'm the same one. The one who created the world, that was me. So therefore, if I'm the one who wants to lay down my life for you, for the forgiveness of sins, I, God, want to lay down my life for you and forgive you of sins. New concept. Being infused into the ears and hearts of the listeners. Had to wake some of them up. That he himself, God, is now out of the heavenly places, at least in part, in this physical body, to lay down his life for others. So we pick up our main text today, John chapter 10, 22 will be our starting verse, but remember all of these lessons that he's been teaching at the beginning of the chapter because they become important in this story. John 10, 22, at that time, the feast of the dedication or Hanukkah took place in Jerusalem. It was winter and Yeshua was walking in the temple area in the portico of Solomon. We'll stop there and pause and make a few comments. We know where we are. We're in Jerusalem. We even know that we're in the temple. We even know what part of the temple. We're in the portico of Solomon. So the writer's getting very specific to where we are and what we're doing. When is it? Well, it's Hanukkah. It's today, tonight, we start Hanukkah. It's winter. And depending on which year 
that you're in Hanukkah, if it's an early Hanukkah like it is this year, weather's really nice. Took a run this morning, ran some hills this morning, really stretched the legs out. I know you can't tell, but I did. There are other years when Hanukkah is further back into December, late December. It's nasty here in Jerusalem. Oh, man, windy, cold, rainy every day. It's hard to tell exactly. But in this particular passage, it seems to be a little bit of the milder winter. Maybe it's the earlier Hanukkah. It's hard to tell, but they're all out in Solomon's portico. They're out in the temple. They're celebrating the feast together. It's a joyous time. Seems to be like a big crowd. They're following him around. So maybe, at least in my mind, it's one of the nicer Hanukkah seasons. Now, who do we have here in the crowd that's gathering to listen to all this stuff? Well, we have various groups. First of all, we have the religious leaders have gathered So it's not just the common man, it's not just the workers and the people from the different villages and those that are seeking truth. Here here we have some religious leaders who have also gathered. So follow with me, main text, still in John 10. I'm going to read 24 and 25, and notice how angry the religious leaders are. The Jews then surrounded him and began saying to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Yeshua answered them, I told you, and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. See, I told you that the earlier lessons were going to be very relevant. He just got through telling you, I and the Father are one. I was the creator of the world. I am here to save you. That means I'm the Messiah. If you would just tell us plainly. Okay, let's go back to where I just was. I and the Father are one. I am God. I'm the creator. I came down from heaven to save you. I'm the Messiah. If, I don't know what you're getting at, Yeshua. If you're the Messiah, just tell us plainly. He says, well, listen. Obviously, there's a blockage to you receiving the, the word of truth here today. I've told you, but you don't believe. So at least believe the works that I do in my Father's name. At least the works will testify of me since you're Your ears aren't open. You're not listening. Because they came angry. They came with an agenda. They didn't come to hear truth, so when he spoke it, they didn't hear it. Friends, somebody in the crowd needs to hear that tonight. I felt the tap of the Holy Spirit on that one. Somebody in the crowd tonight, somebody in the community is looking for truth. You're looking for direction from the Lord. And my only advice to you would be this. When you sit before the Lord and you ask for an answer, don't come with an agenda. Just ask for the answer and you'll hear the truth. That's how we hear the voice of the Lord. But these guys, they came with an agenda. Tell us plainly. Well, I did tell you. You didn't believe. So it's not just the religious leaders, though. There are many other people gathering in the temple. It's a celebration. It's going to be a big crowd. Remember, My mental picture, it's a nice day. Maybe in your mental picture, it's the cold, rainy Hanukkah. However you see it. There are people walking by. They see what's happening. They just keep on walking, not interested. Not a topic they're wanting to talk about. There's another group of people that are walking by. They observe what's going on from a distance, and it piques their curiosity 
They want to get a little closer. They want to learn a little more about what's going on. They didn't have social media back there. If you, if you wanted to find out what was going on, you had to get a little closer. Find out what was going on. Then there's a group of people in this crowd who are listening and they are moved by what they're hearing and what they're seeing and it's provoking them somehow to do something about it. And you're gonna see the different people here as we continue to read. You know who else is here? The disciples. They're here, they're faithfully following in the footsteps of the good shepherd. So you have the religious leaders, you have several groups of people. There's Yeshua there, there's the crowd for the holidays. The disciples are there. Look at verse 26, main text, John 10, 26. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. So this is great news, right? Because the disciples are there. And they probably think, "Uh, he's talking about us. We're the sheep. We hear his voice. We follow Guys, did you hear what he just said? We get eternal life. This is a great day if you're a disciple. It's a public affirmation of his followers. It had to pump them up a little bit. had to make them feel like they were on the right track. They needed that encouragement. You know, they didn't get a lot of encouragement around the country. They needed that encouragement in front of everyone, in the temple, Don't forget the setting. There's a lot of people there. And Yeshua says, my followers and my sheep are the ones that hear my voice, they listen, and I give them eternal life. Yeah. As a disciple, you think to yourself, yep, I'm on the right train. This was the one. I made the right decision. But what about the other people in the crowd? Maybe they heard him say this, and, and they know inside of themselves, I'm not one of his followers. Does that mean I I don't have eternal life? How does this whole thing work? Somebody needs to stop and break this down and explain it to me. Because I'm a good person, you know. How come I don't get eternal life? I got to be a follower? I got to be one of these, these strange disciple guys that walk around everywhere with him? How come I can't get eternal life? And just the topic that was put out into the public had to spark all kinds of reactions in people. From the person who says, amen, I'm definitely a follower. That's me. I get eternal life. I'm pumped up about it. To the person who says, I've never heard about this before. To the person who says, I'm not even interested. I'm just going to keep walking. To the person who says, I'm a good-hearted being. How come I'm not included here? To the religious leaders who apparently don't want to listen to anything, regardless of what he's saying. What's the motive of evangelism? What's the motive of sharing our faith in Yeshua? Well, there's three quick points as an aside. First of all, we share Yeshua to people in the crowd, to our friends and our family, our extended circle of influence. We, we share Yeshua with them to help them understand their actual relationship with God as their Father and Creator. Most people in the world today don't know that. I know it sounds basic to us, but they don't know that. They don't know that the God that we talk about, the one who created the universe, is their father. 
and he loves them. They just don't understand that basic concept. So we get a chance to share that. And for them, we're asking them to take action and to rearrange their relationship with God into the correct and appropriate order. And in order to do that, to put this relationship in order with your Father God creator, we ask them to acknowledge the sin in their life, repent from it, and to receive God's forgiveness and atonement. Because God himself has come out of heaven in human flesh to be with them. And third, we share our faith in order for them to make a decision to live out their lives following the scriptures and the laws of God so that their character can be shaped into the person they were created to be so that they can do what they were created to do. Because until someone finds Yeshua, their character will not be transformed into who they were created to be, and therefore they can never do what they were created to do. God is the destiny giver. Satan is the destiny stealer. And that's what sin does. This is why we share. This is why we speak to the crowds. We speak to our friends in our small circles. So Yeshua is now claiming here in these verses to be God, and he's offering eternal life to his followers. He's offering this assurance of their future. And he says, watch for the power. I never expected anyone to come to the kingdom of God just on words. Yeshua never expected that. In his own ministry, he said, fine, you don't believe my words? Believe the works that I do. Let the works show you. Because there's power in what he's done. And to the disciples and the apostles and to us later, he says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You see, Yeshua's ministry was never meant to be demonstrated without power, and our sharing of the gospel was never meant to come without power. So the next time we're sharing, we're loving on our friends, we're inviting people, we're, we're, we're showing the love of God in a practical way, just remember the power of God is expected to flow through us. That's why we don't have to worry about what to say. The Lord will give it to us. Step out in faith if someone's sick, lay your hand on them. You want to change their theology, pray for them and watch them get healed. It'll change their theology. But see, we don't, we don't generally walk in that kind of power unless we expect to walk in that power. There is a faith element to it, friends. And Yeshua's message was never meant to come in a bland, neutral academically oriented package. That wasn't the package. The package was amazing news that comes with life-changing power. That was the package. Let me give you our key phrase of the night. The gospel was intended to actually be good news from the good shepherd about a good future. That's what the gospel is. It's good news from the good shepherd about a good future. And that's why Yeshua was talking about, you have eternal life if you follow me. Always about the future. Changing people's character. Helping them reach their destiny. 
He continues on with this teaching. I'm sure he's got plenty in the crowd talking now. I'm sure some are confused, some are convicted, and some are pretty happy about what he's saying. Some are angry, and some are genuine. There's a lot of different perspectives going on here on this Hanukkah message. Remember when it was and where it was. Jerusalem, temple, portico of Solomon on Hanukkah. Look at main text, John 10, verse 29. We continue. My father, who has given them to me, he means his followers, my father is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. I and the father are one. See, he keeps hammering home that point. He knows they're not getting that one, so he's going to say it over and over. I and the father are one. Are you three gods? No, I and the father am one. Do followers of Yeshua worship multiple gods? No. The, the Father and I are one. The Father and I are one. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. If you would just tell us plainly, I and the Father am one. We are one entity. I have told you as plainly as I know how, as many times before it gets annoying, I have told you. You apparently don't want to hear. But the Father is greater than all. <laughs> this is what you got to catch. Yeshua is slick. Right? He's slick. Sometimes his words just have that, the ability to pierce. And the Holy Spirit's, of course, moving in the crowd. And he's going to make it pierce who it needs to pierce, where it needs to pierce. Right? So you got to put all the puzzle pieces together. I and, and the Father, we are one. My Father is greater than all. Don't forget I and the Father am one, but my Father is greater than all. Therefore, guess who is greater than all? I am. I am greater than all things. They would have heard him say that. They would have captured his intent. Wait a second, are you saying I, I may not have heard you write a little while ago when you were talking about being at creation and you spoke it into being. Maybe I missed that part. But now you're blatantly saying that you are God and you are greater than all things. You're blatantly saying that. Well, you told me to tell you plainly, so I don't know how, plain, how more plainly I can say it. Once again, part of the good news is that we have assurance and protection in our future. But in this key verse, we find out that the Father, unified as God, Yeshua Spirit, is greater than all things. And Matthew expounds on what he means from this sermon. Our main text is John, but it's good to cross-reference some of the other disciples and what they heard, different perspective. Matthew says, That Yeshua's teaching went on and he said of himself that I am greater than the temple. Ooh. Remember where he was, Hanukkah in the temple. And he's looking around saying, guys, this is really nice, but I'm greater than this temple. I'm greater than Jonah. I'm greater than David. I'm greater than Solomon. I'm greater than the Sabbath. I'm greater than sickness and disease. I'm greater than Isaiah. I'm greater than the demons. I'm greater than Satan. Probably looked out at the crowd. Any questions from the crowd at this point, right? I and the Father are one. 
Father's greater than all, I'm greater than all, I'm the creator, I spoke it into being, you're created because of what I did, you're welcome. Are there any questions to who I am? Right. If you would just tell us plainly. <laughs> what Yeshua is asking the listeners to do is to believe that he and the Father are the same. That God himself is now standing right in front of them. Now it helps the believer's confidence. You know, the disciples and the followers were like, ooh, this is getting good. That's God right there. Some of you doubters in the crowd, just follow us for a couple of days. I promise you'll see something amazing. Maybe somebody needed to hear that tonight. Somebody struggling with faith, kind of wrestling. It's weak, it's back and forth, it's watered down. Someone who doesn't believe in Yeshua never has really opened their heart to that possibility. Just walk with him a couple of days. I promise you're going to see something you've never seen before. Now, in this day and age that we live, we get a chance to watch dramas unfold right in front of us. Sometimes the drama is in our family. Don't love those kind, but they're real. Sometimes it's with our friends. I also don't love those kind, but those are real. We see it on TV, movies, books we might read. But do you know the Bible is also full of dramatic stories? And in this particular drama that we're talking about tonight, we collectively get a front row seat to what's going on. There is a major battle about to happen right in front of everybody, and here we are. Pull your seat up. Listen, this is where you lean in a little bit. So I know those are comfortable chairs out there, but you gotta get on the edge of your seat for this because now it's part of the drama. This is the good part of the movie. Get your popcorn ready. Okay, some of you don't like popcorn, chocolate covered raisins, whatever it is that you do. Skittles, you know. If you're my kids, you want a little bit of everything in the cabinet. And by the way, in case you don't know what a drama is, it's a state or a situation or a series of events involving interesting or intense conflict of forces. So the setting is iconic here. Let's recap. Where are we? We're in Israel. We're in Jerusalem. We're in the temple. We're in Solomon's portico. We know exactly where we are. When is it? It's winter. It's Hanukkah. The crowds are large. Who is there? The temple priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, spiritual authorities in Judaism, Yeshua's there, the disciples are there, several layers of the crowd are there, and what is Yeshua doing? He's questioning their authority. Did you catch that? Did you catch it from the reading? He's questioning their authority on Hanukkah. I and the Father am one. I am greater than all things. Nothing was made without me. I am the good shepherd, not you. Ooh, did you catch that? The prophets say that the religious leaders are supposed to be good shepherds, and he's telling them in front of their face, you're not it. I'm it. I'm the shepherd that laid down his life for everybody else, not you. You wouldn't do it. You tied 
heavy loads of new laws that you made up yourself on the people, and then you don't even lift a single finger to help them follow God. This is getting intense. I'm there because I'm watching the story. You're there because you're listening to the story. There's all kinds of people in the crowd, from the listeners to the curious, even to the friends who got dragged into this drama who didn't want to be there in the first place. You ever had a friend drag you into a drama? Man, you got to check out this, this series on TV. You got to watch it. Like, I don't want to watch that. No, come on, come on. Come on to my house. Watch it together. And then you get dragged into it. I'm a little bit proud that I, I recently drugged somebody into a series, so. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to co-credit that. Me and Joanna. Joanna, can I give you credit? Me and you, we drug Pastor Daniel into a series. He's grateful, though. Good series. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I don't need that kind of judgment, you know. You never know. What are the stakes in this drama? The stakes are who's the actual shepherd? Who has the authority? Who are the people going to follow? The very livelihood and influence of the Pharisees is at stake in this speech on Hanukkah in the temple in Jerusalem. The very order of life in Judea, who will be in charge? Who will make people feel guilty or not anymore? What do people think about God? What is the very future of Judaism itself? All of that is actually on the table right now in the middle of this drama playing out at Hanukkah. What is going to happen to Judaism after this? This guy is wrecking everything. He's healing with power that we don't have. He's teaching with authority we don't have. He's got revelation and insight we don't have. This guy talks about the time he spent with Abraham and the time he talked to Moses, the time he talked to Elijah. We can't compete with that. The greatest thing we can do is try to spin it. Oh, we understand this, don't we? The age of the spin. Well, we can't compete with all these miracles he's doing, all the crowds that are following him. Let's say he's crazy. Put out the press release that he's crazy. Anybody else got an idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say, let's say he's demon-possessed. That'll scare people off. Okay, he's crazy and he's demon-possessed. Put that out. Let everybody know that. Tell the story. Let's lie about him. He's not really going to rise from the dead. No, no. Pay some people. Lie about it. The spin. The politics. You see it all in the Word of God. It's a great drama. Nothing new under the sun, friends. In real life, especially in dramas, emotions run high, don't they? Back in the main text, look at how high these emotions are running. John 10, 31. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him, but Yeshua said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We're not stoning you for any of your good works, they said, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Oh, good, you got it, finally. After eight times, you finally got the message, I am God, yes. Congratulations, Pharisees. Now put your stones down. The verse says, again, they tried to stone him. You might say to yourself, I don't remember them trying to stone him before. Actually, they did. John chapter 8, verse 51. Very truly, I tell you, 
Whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, now we know that you're demon-possessed. Remember, they're spinning it. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? Yeah, that comes Matthew chapter 12. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Yeshua responded, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father whom you claim as your God is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. What did he just say? To the religious leaders, you don't know him. I'm telling you, this is a seismic continental plate shift in Judaism. Right now at Hanukkah, he's shifting everything. You're not the shepherd. You don't even know God. You can't do the miracles I do. You don't have the authority I have. I have it because I was there in the beginning. I made you. We continue. You don't know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. Woo! Drama. I mean, you gotta just picture the perspective of the people in the crowd going, oh man, this, woo, this one just got good. Scoot up, come on. Get closer. Get, you know the circle had to be pressed in like, oh, get in there. Crowds get bigger from the outside. Hey, go tell everybody. They gotta come quick. This fight's about to break out. Hurry, get him here, get him here. You know, the disciples probably looking around like, man, this crowd just doubled in size. What happened? Where'd all this popcorn come from? Everybody's watching the show. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And you are not yet 50 years old, they said to him. They kind of got that off a little bit. You ever tried to guess someone's age? They missed it by almost 20 years. Well, you're just, I mean, you're not, you're not 50, are you? 50? I'm somewhere in my 30s. My early 30s, according to all historians. Come on, guys. I doubt Yeshua looked 50. You're not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham. Very truly, I tell you, Yeshua answered, before Abraham was born, I am. That was the last straw. This, he claims to be God. He's calling us out. We don't know God. He's the good shepherd. He has authority. We don't. He's embarrassing us in front of these people. And now finally, he claims to know Abraham. And that's not enough. He just used God's name, the holy name of God. Before Abraham was, I am. That was a direct punch at everybody. He used the Almighty's name. The claim that was given to God in Exodus 3.14, in Hebrew, the original Hebrew, I am who I am. And at this it says, look at that verse. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Yeshua himself, he hid, slipping away from the temple grounds. You see, the religious leaders had tried to kill him and stone him before. 
He's claiming to be God. He's making it very clear. He's doing all this on Hanukkah, and there is a tectonic plate shift in Judaism at this moment on this holiday. You say, Pastor Chad, why are you so pumped up about Hanukkah? Because it changed the whole way we look at Judaism. The Pharisees were no longer in charge. Neither were the Sadducees, by the way. You say, well, well, the poor Sadducees, they didn't do anything. Yeah, they did. They, They thought the temple was the ultimate authority. And Yeshua just said, I'm greater than the temple. He just trumped them too. The drama has been building. They've tried to stone him. It's playing out in front of the people. The jealousy of the religious leaders, the curious ones in the crowd, the disciples who are proud of what's going on. But the religious leaders are losing the people and the truth is winning. Because unlike today, they didn't have a component in their hand to spin it, to change it, to block it, to cancel it. They didn't have a way to not broadcast what he was saying like they do today. They didn't have a way to only allow one side of the story to be told. Nope, this played out in front of everybody in the temple on a holiday when it was full. He played it out right in front of them and he said, you can't change a thing I'm doing right now because I'm in front of everybody. And the truth was presented and the religious leaders had to deal with it. They couldn't trick people, it was already out. They couldn't spin it back all, they could, you know, they lost all their weapons and they had to just simply deal with the truth. John, back to our main text, John 10, 39. And again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped from their grasp. And we'll close out with this final verse. Main text, John 10, verse 40 to 42. Then Yeshua went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been immersing in the earlier days. There he stayed and many people came to him. And they said, though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man was true. And in that place, many believed in Yeshua. John 10, during Hanukkah, many believed in Yeshua because of what had just happened in front of all these people in the temple. He went directly after the religious leaders and he changed the game during this holiday. So who are you? Are you one of the faithful followers of Yeshua? You've learned that Yeshua doesn't need any help when about to be stoned. He can simply disappear. Friends, God can take care of himself. Don't worry about him. Your confidence is high. You've realized that You've just been promised eternal life in front of a great crowd. Maybe, maybe you're a follower, or maybe you're somebody curious. Maybe you were neutral at the beginning, but you watched the drama, and now it's time to be honest with yourself. What did you see? What did you hear? What's happening around you? Is the message that we preach good news from a good shepherd about a good future? Maybe you were a person in the crowd who was interested, and now you're convinced It's time to listen and watch. It's time to observe the actions of Yeshua. He's healed people, fed them, welcomed them. I've watched the religious leaders and they acted a different way. 
They oppressed people. They plotted against Yeshua. They caused violence, and they attempted to stone him twice. Different kind of actions. Are you a stubborn religious leader, digging in your heels, not wanting to lose control of your life? Don't be that person. Hanukkah is a season of dedication. It started off that way because the story of Hanukkah reminds us of the dedication of the temple. And it's a season where God changed the game. Yeshua changed the way everyone thought. But he doesn't let you leave the crowd and do nothing. He doesn't let you do that. Yeshua has this very interesting way of not letting us remain neutral. You must decide. You must make a decision. You must think through the process. You must dedicate yourself to something. If today you want to dedicate yourself to yourself, go for it. It'll be a most miserable life you can imagine. Today, if you want to dedicate yourself to making yourself feel good, go for it. Try it. You're going to spend a lot of wasted years trying to find that solution. You're never going to find it, and you're going to end up right back here with us. Or is today the day you decide on this Hanukkah season of dedication, it's time to go all in. Dedicate yourself to the Lord. Because that's the only way you can do it. You have to go all in on this. Yeshua is not something you try. What a great season. What a great story. The perspectives of everybody involved in this story at this time of year. And it's important. Can you stand with me for a moment? Let's pray. Worship team's coming back out. Thank you, Lord. Father, we honor your word today. We thank you for the, the story of Hanukkah. And we know it's not commanded, but we certainly see the work of God in it. We see the origins coming from a healthy place. We see the followers of Yeshua observing in John 10. We see Yeshua himself using it as a platform to change the game in Judaism. To announce himself as God, to announce himself, I and the Father, we're one, and I am who I am. What a great holiday. We commit ourselves to you today, Lord. Cleanse our temple. Wash out the sin and the perversions. Let us dedicate the altar to you again. Let us never be the same. And let us never leave here neutral. We thank you that you give us free will. But today we decide on you. We love you, God. Thank you so much. Thank you, Yeshua. Hallelujah.